0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I think I'm going to keep the intro nice and short and sweet. I brought on um, a friend of mine that I met at Western University. We're in the same program. Nathan is the host of a podcast called The New Money Podcast, which is all about personal finance, and it's really, really good. So everyone go check that out after you're done listening to this episode. We talked about his experience being the host of his own podcast, what made him actually branch out into um, going down the podcast route. We also talked about our university experiences as well as, you know, what we thought we'd end up doing versus what we're doing now and what future aspirations he might have for himself. So I won't ramble on anymore. Let's just jump right into it. Hello, hello.
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: Hey, not much. Just got home from work. How are you doing?
1: I'm I'm good, I'm good. Same sort of, same deal. Just finishing up work as well, so.
0: Well, I'm happy you could make this work. Like, it's been crazy. I've had a crazy couple of weeks at work, so. No problem. It's been a while since we chatted. I remember like being back in university and we were literally talking about like starting a podcast and how you really wanted to and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool. Like it would be cool to actually start one." So
1: Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Crazy. No, I'm I'm glad now we're podcasters. It's great. <laughs> I know.
0: Awesome. I'm going to jump right into it. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you're currently doing, anything work related or whatever?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Nathan Kennedy. I'm from uh, just outside of Hamilton, Ontario, here in uh, Grimsby. Uh, I uh, graduated from Western University uh, last year uh, with a consumer behavior degree. So that's what my work is in. And uh, I started the New Money podcast uh, last year. It's a little bit longer, I think 13, 14 months now. And um, yeah, it's, it's basically a personal finance podcast oriented uh, towards young adults to, to try to make it in a way where they don't fall asleep uh, and talk about something that I, I think is really, really important uh, and I don't think is talked about enough. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> yeah. You also mentioned you're, you're, in a, you're working for a different company doing something mm-hmm. else, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work I work for uh, PepsiCo. So I am a, a district sales leader over there. Uh, so you know I focus a lot on um, growing our market and talking about uh, uh, you know different sales strategies and things like that to to help grow. Um, our, I work for Frito Lay, so I help grow our, our share of business over there, and it's uh, it's been going well. So I really really enjoy it out there.
0: Okay, that's really cool. So what does your work week look like? How often are you working for Frito-Lay, PepsiCo? How often are you working on your podcast?
1: Yeah, it's it's really, uh, you know, PepsiCo is really great. It's, um, it's a fantastic organization for flexibility and uh, work, work life balance. Um, And, you know, I really, (laughs) I really, uh, you know, am able to work on the podcast quite a bit, uh, as well as, you know, flexibly work on, um, my sort of day job with them. And really, you know, I think I try to structure it in a way where I do obviously work. <laughs> and then I, I come in and do my, you know, social media and podcast stuff more in the evenings. Um, but again, you know, my, uh, my company has been extremely supportive, supportive of the, the podcast, they all know, like, I'm very transparent about the stuff that I got going on out there. And they really encourage that. And so, you know, again, nothing, nothing but great things to say.
0: Okay, that's awesome. So I've got to ask, do you have a personal life? (laughs) Because it seems like you're doing a lot of a lot of new money podcasts, lots of work in during the day. Like, what's that look like?
1: Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's been, um, it's kind of, it's kind of odd, because I guess I I graduated during the pandemic. I started this during the pandemic. So I really don't know what my life would look like socially, (laughs) if, (laughs) if, uh, if this was just normal times. But yeah, like, I mean, you know, that does take up a lot of my time. I really do enjoy uh, my work in, in, in both those facets. And, um, you know, I, I, I like to take week. I like to take Saturdays off and, and try my best to take Saturdays off and just hang out with my girlfriend and, and my family and my friends and things like that. Like, I definitely am not working all the time. Like, you know, I, 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 I take time. I, I always think I don't work enough, to be honest with you. But I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So um you know that's that's really it. I, I really don't think I I think I make enough time for for leisure and things like that for sure.
0: Right. But it also kind of seems like you're the kind of guy that thrives in like a busy like go go doing a bunch of stuff environment. So
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I I always and one thing that I learned a few years ago while I was in school and and while we were in school actually in the same program was that um you know, I'd always, I always I'd always think that just being busy was a good thing. And it's not necessarily true. I mean, you want to be productive. And, you know, you don't want to just be doing make work and things like just just to stay busy. And um, I think when you really identify like, okay, like, am I working towards something legitimate right now? Or am I just like, doing make work? Am I just staying busy for the sake of being busy? I think that's a really big distinction for uh, people around our age to, to make and if you can make it early on and really focus on, Um, the important stuff uh, versus just like the urgent stuff or the stuff that isn't really that um, all that important. I think you can you can really get ahead for sure.
0: Totally. I totally agree with you. I was curious to ask you before going into university or even like first year university, did you have a dream job or did you like did you get in and you're like, I can't wait to become this when I graduate or something like that?
1: Yeah, no. Like, I, 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 guess I kind of did. I, I kind of wanted to be a doctor. I, I feel like my mom wanted me to be more of a doctor than I did. Uh, looking back, but uh, that's why I went to school. Originally, I was in science, and I would plan on, you know, doing science and writing the MCAT and applying to schools and going abroad if I need to and doing all that. And really quickly, when I got into school, I was like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. And then, so in second year, I switched over to business, and then that's when I was like, okay, like I'm right where I belong now. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's, I think most, if not all, um, almost all people that are coming into university, um, think they're going to be one thing and they turn on into another, even if they stay in the same program. Um, there's, I think there's even nuance to, to what they think that, you know, their path would be. And so you do get those purebred people who come in and they're like, pure red engineers pure red doctors pure red nurses like they're just that's their destiny um but i think that you know it's the it's not only you know normal to be um to to change your mind and have different you know sort of paths but i think it's almost abnormal to just be destined on one thing and actually like stick all the way through i think most people actually go through a sort of evolution
0: yeah i totally agree and I remember in high school, like there was so much pressure on me personally and a lot of other people to know exactly what you wanted to do when you get into university. And that was so stressful. But honestly, you figure it out. And even if you don't figure it out, you will eventually. So
1: yeah. 100%. And, and, you know, I think um, that's one thing I try to talk about in my content a little bit more now is, is um, you know, kind of branching out to that is is like, like you don't like, how are you supposed to know that? (laughs) And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of trite. It's kind of something that's talked about, you know, a little, a a lot, but I think like, how, how do you, like, I I really feel like it should be no stress when, when you, I like, I wish more people that are coming out of high school knew the lateral ability in, in within university to sort of navigate between programs. And I don't think a lot of kids know that when they're coming into university, how, once you're in, like you can make a lot of moves, you could, you could take a few courses and like completely do a 180. um, You know, depending on how how you go about it. So I think if if, if more kids knew that there was that flexibility in in the programs, I think I think that would definitely reduce some of the the sort of high school senior stress that occurs.
0: Totally. I Yep, I totally agree. That's kind of the goal of this podcast. It's just like, there's more out there than what meets the eye. So, like you don't need to stress out about life. Like you'll you'll find your path. And it even seemed like a like a weird thing to to be in university and be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to change my program." But exactly so many people do it. I'd oh, say man. most people do it. So, yeah. totally normal. Um what made you realize you weren't cut out to to become a doctor like the the med school life?
1: I didn't really you know what? I just had no ambition for it. Like I had zero ambition. Like it wasn't something that excited me. It's like, listen, I, I, when it comes to passion, I I don't think that should be your, the only deciding factors. Like I'm not passionate about it. I'm not gonna do it. I think like there's, there's a lot more to it, but for me, there is just really nothing there. It was like, like, I really am not cut out for this in terms of like, I could do the work. I could get through it. But it was just not a career path that I think would be very fulfilling for me. And again, I also had friends who are now in med school, who I knew were like, that's that's what a doctor to be looks like. And I knew I wasn't that. I just, I, I, there's, there's a sort of intuition that I had where I was like, nope, like, that's not me. Like, I don't want that to be me. I don't think it's me. <laughs> so like, why am I trying to fight that? And so that's when I... When I really came to that decision, that's when I decided to switch over.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I guess I I asked about your your dreams or what job you wanted like first year fresh out of high mm. school. But but what about now? Or have you like been evaluating your life recently and been like, okay, where do I see myself going now?
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's such a great question because it's always something that I, I think about that a lot. I think about you know where am I trying to go and 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 what am I trying to do? And obviously, I, I really do take this uh, this podcast really seriously. I'd love to just take this as far as it can go. Um, and with my career, uh, you know, I'm really trying to figure that out. I, I really don't know what um, exactly I want to do. Like I'm I'm in a pretty good role right now. I've you know obviously very. I love my company. Like I really really do. They're like like honestly the best. And um, you know I could see myself growing within that. I could see myself you know, doing things within this industry for sure. Um, but I actually couldn't give you a blueprint. Like I'm not, I don't know if I'm trying to be chief commercial officer of some fortune 500 company. I don't, you know, I, I can't tell you if I'm trying to gun for some role in the States. So like, I, I don't have a concrete picture, but I'm just sort of making moves. And, and really the biggest thing right now is, is, is in terms of a long-term vision is, is growing the, my, my, you know, podcast as, as much as I can. And Um, the career aspect as well I think is something that I'm actively right now as of the past month or two really trying to figure out um, in terms of next steps too so
0: totally totally cool and I mean we're graduated right and you and I can't even concretely say like we're going to become this one day and it's I feel like that's something that should be normalized too it's fine and I think it's a generational thing for us too to want to try out different jobs and like explore our options and I mean, I'm totally on board. I totally, I'm totally the exact same as you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I talk about it so much and because when you when you work through the worst case scenario of if you switch or like what, what happens if I don't know what I want to do, like when you really think through, like how bad is it? Like it's not like as terrible and doom and gloom. Like, oh, if I don't know what I'm going to do and I'm in this career path, I'm going to waste all this time. I'm going to do this. And you kind of get ahead of yourself and you worry about things that haven't happened right? <laughs> or not even going to happen. It's kind of, and when you think about it, the worst case scenario is, okay, you're in a job that, you know, is not amazing. You, you cut your losses and you move on and it's just life. It's not, you You know, assuming that, you know, your health, your are you're, 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 uh, you're healthy, your family's healthy, you know, you got a roof over your head, like the, you know, baseline gratitude, right? Like for those sort of things, like it's not that bad to make a career switch. And so if you, are not necessarily like, I don't know, laissez-faire, like you're not like, you're still ambitious, you're ambitiously going through your life, and you're trying, you know, to, to improve yourself in every way you can. But it's also okay to have that flexibility and sort of a, a, a flexible approach to different career paths and things like that, because it's just inevitable that you're going to change your mind. And there's, there's nothing wrong with changing your mind. I feel like there's a sort of stigma around, you know, making, making moves or having a, a, a change of mind. Like it's like, of course, you're going to change your mind. Like you'd be silly not to change your mind with new information. Right. And so I think, uh, I think definitely agree with you that we should be normalizing it a lot more.
0: Totally. And you probably didn't think you'd be starting a podcast like a couple of years ago. So it's crazy. Oh. And I want to, I want to ask you like how you got into that. Like what actually made you go, listen, I've got to do this. I got to, I got to make my own podcast here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, so I did a podcast. So this is what happened. So my friends started a sports podcast, and and I, a really good friend of mine, Miles, was like, "Hey, man, like okay, we're starting a podcast." And I just remember being like, "Oh, that's so cool! Like that is so cool." I I wasn't a huge podcast listener. Actually, I what I was actually I was a big podcast listener. Um, in terms of like I just listened to a lot of finance ones. Um, and and he said, "Yeah, we're starting a sports one." And I was like, "Man, you got to get me on as a guest." So got me on as a guest then i joined them then we did that for a few months it was great but it was pretty chill wasn't something that was like super serious and i remember always thinking like ah oh man i th- i feel like i'd start my own thing someday of uh, something like this and i had no idea what that would look like but i just had a feeling and then as i later that year i was kind of just thinking this was i guess this would have been 2019 Summer of 2019, I was thinking about starting a personal finance club at Western because I was like, "Man, like I'm talking about this so much. I'd love to share this with, um, you know, people at my school or start some sort of club or do something in my last year because it would have been my last year, uh, 2019, 2020." And uh, I realized quickly that a club was had a quick, short, li- uh, uh, shelf life because I would just make it and then leave, and it's like not very, you know, it's cool that to be like, "Oh, you know, like I started a club at Western," but like it, it just it can it only goes so far, right? So I was like, well, you know, I should be thinking bigger bigger. How can I carry this on, you know, indefinitely? And I was like, why don't I just make a podcast? Like I'll just make a podcast. Like I've done one before. I love this. I kind of married the two and and that there there was the birth of the idea right there. And then I started working on it over the next few months, launched in January of twenty twenty. And then you know here I am.
0: <laughs> Super cool. Like Oh my gosh. I've been subscribed to you since like I think the beginning and like I've just been listening to more and more of your episodes. I'm just like, this is so helpful. Like this is so this is so smart. So cause you could sit even in classes like we'd be in in university, like finance and accounting classes, like just the terminology and the way some teachers like profs would explain things just yeah I just would go right over your head and you really make it digestible you really you really make things easy to understand and I just you have a great podcast so congrats yeah. on that
1: I I really appreciate that and that's that's all I can hope for is to you know, like tr- just try my best to 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 help help people understand it. I mean, there's stuff that confuses the heck out of me, and I knew when I started. I know when I started, it was a little difficult and daunting, and absolutely. And and I just think it's so important. I think you could you can get such a leg up in life, like it's ridiculous how much of a leg up in life you can get if you understand money. Um, like it, you intuitively, you're like, yeah, of course. Like if you get money, you're gonna do well. But it's like even more than that. Right. And so I think uh, that's, that's, that's what fuels me is to, to help as many people, you know, acquire, I get that and, and uh, go from there.
0: Totally. And I feel like it's just growing more and more, right? Like, I don't know if you're, if you're checking your, your stats and numbers, I'm sure you are, but it just seems like you're getting more and more popular. So what, what is your idea or plan on, on how to turn this from just a podcast into something where I don't know if you're already making money from this or if you mm-hmm. have plans to do so, or what's that looks like?
1: Yeah. So the, that's a great question. Great, great question. Um, I do have those ambitions. I, I do make money off it right now. Uh, a lot of it though is, is through social media. And so I have a, a decent following on Instagram, a decent following on TikTok as well. And, and those are my two sort of main channels. And, uh, you know, I've done some brand work. I've done, uh, uh, you know, I have affiliate marketing links and things like that. Nothing crazy, just really grassroots stuff. Um, As for ambitions for, you know, how, how can it, you know, scale into like a, you know, legitimate business? I think as the downloads start to come in, I think that I'll probably monetize the podcast and throw in some ads and things like that. And then as the social media grows as well, um, you know, working with brands is really, really awesome. I think that's, uh, a very viable thing. A lot of um, companies are really starting to lean into influencer marketing and alternative marketing as well, uh, increasing their budgets. So companies are willing to pay. And I've seen some of the deals that it get done for creators of a certain size, and it is it is very promising. Um, so there's that. There's also things you can do in terms of like consulting, you could do um, you know, money coaching, that you could start a business purely off that and, and just help people through their problems. Not necessarily, it's not financial advising. It's just kind of being a, a shoulder to lean on and, and, and coaching them through so, sort of their like issues and things like that and helping them find a solution. So there's that, a lot of people do that, uh, as well. I, I could see myself doing that someday. Uh, and so really just trying to grow the the brand and the, the, the outreach as much as I can right now. And then, um, from, uh, from an economic standpoint, uh, you know, building out a certain model is, is something that I've been thinking about right now as well, because it's just kind of, like I said, like just getting, just getting started with that stuff, but I could see it sort of evolving into uh, a sustainable business for sure.
0: Totally. Yep. I can a hundred percent see that for you. That's very exciting. Um, I got to ask, so are you in charge of the, the Instagram, the new money podcast, Instagram?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm, uh, I do everything <laughs> like you make
0: the you make the posts too then right like those I don't know like what kind of uh software you use I just it's so it's so dope seeing like your the post you make and then the new money podcast logo on it. it's like damn you put some effort into this man
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I try I try like I said like I that that means a lot thank you for that um yeah I try my best I mean I I I'm something it's funny you say that because now I'm now I'm working with the the guy who designed that logo to work on some templates for Instagram because I'm like I want to like take it to a a different uh, place a different level kind of thing because I think you know I think it's good I think it could be better I think I could do a lot better and so I want to you know improve it as we go and so soon some of the templates you see won't be crafted by me in Canva but uh, Mm. right now that's that's the case and and I think you know that's just how kind of how you have to start and the, the the only other person that works with me on the podcast is my uh, editor, like a really good friend of mine edits my podcast for me. So I send over the audio clips and I uh, give him some creative direction and say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And, and he helps me cut it up and, you know, work with the technicals of the podcast, the audio and make sure it's, you know, the levels are sound for when I upload it and things like that. So more so like a, from a technical standpoint, but he he's been a really, really big help over the past little bit, but everything else is is just me. <laughs>
0: That's pretty cool. Oh, I didn't realize you didn't edit your podcast. Like, uh, that's nice. You got someone to do it for you. Uh, I mean, I, I'm mine's more so like a hobby. If it turns into something, that's cool. But like, right. just I spend like many hours editing. But I mean, it's fun. But sometimes it's a little tedious. But sometimes it's fun. So yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it when I started. I only started. I, I guess I started with him, in. Um, uh, I'd say November. So I almost almost a year of doing it myself, which was fine. I just found that like work was getting a little bit more busy, and I know he could do a million times the job that I can do. Mm. And so you know, I think, and he's and he's very affordable. And so to me, it was like, should I you know spend my time making a worse product, or should I spend my time doing something that I'm actually good at, or like making content and you know outsource that to him where he can make it. A hell of a lot better than me it frees up my time and it's just sort of a win-win so that's that's why uh, it happened and it's been it's been fantastic since for sure
0: that's great so about your growth how do you think you like what's the main factor that drove your podcast to to get more and more popular was it like did you figure out like the podcast algorithm or was it a, a like you blew up mostly on instagram and like how did you achieve that growth the
1: podcast algorithm is terrible like it, it doesn't really exist like you if you put out a podcast and you don't promote it no one like literally no one it's not like youtube where you get minimum 300 views or i don't even think that's a thing now but like there's there's just no promotion no nothing right so um you have to get on some sort of promotion if it's not social media if it's in person or if it's i don't know through i don't know through your own business you know internally i i, I don't know you have to go out and promote it and get the name out there somewhere Social media to me is, is the top dog for that. And, and so when I started, it was on Instagram and the biggest factor was me grinding Instagram pretty hard and, and engaging with people. So reaching out to people. So, you know, the biggest thing that I think you can do as a creator trying to get your stuff off the ground is you got to put in the work, you got to find people, you got to like engage with their content. You've got to leave your feedback, you know, and, and support them. And then a percent percentage of them will, will consider <laughs> checking your stuff out. And if you're any good, they'll stick around. And so it's like you kind of gotta put in that manual work up front, get it to a certain place where it's like, okay, this is this is pretty solid. And then um, and then as you as you scale, you can work more on the content that'll bring in uh, people, you don't have to be as manual in the trenches, but I think you still always should be very engaged in your community in at, at any size. Um, but I think really in those first initial like you know few hundred few thousand followers kind of thing you really got to be like engaging like crazy in your community um, you know doing looking up hashtags on Instagram and finding really cool posts and connecting with really like-minded people and things like that and really I think that you can do that on any social media platform um, and so that's 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 a great way to get your podcast off the ground because eventually it is a slow burn like it does take a while you're not going to do that for a week and see like your numbers double, but over time. And I mean, I I found that if I, I just kept doing it, like I would, you know, interact with maybe 40, 50 people a day. And this, mind you, this was in COVID during school when school wasn't really happening. So I just had all day to do this. So I did have the time, but if you can make that time, if you can put in an hour or two a day on, on a platform and reach out to people and, you know, not even just not even promote your stuff, just like, Genuinely just engage with their stuff. Don't ask for anything. And you, you, you'd be surprised to see how many people come and check your stuff out and they dig your podcast.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. So I think I'm going to ask you just a couple of finance, like financial money related questions. But obviously, everyone check out your, your podcast for the the real The real juiciness on the finance and actually learning some real content, but I was curious because I was on your Instagram, kind of looking around, trying to think of some questions to ask you on here. And you made a post about financial financial advisors, and Mm -hmm. you said, "Are they worth the money? Yes or no? What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts here?" So, what are your thoughts on financial advisors?
1: Yeah, I think you just have to be mindful of the part that they play in your life, and you have to be mindful of like. Like a lot of people can call themselves financial advisors. You need to make sure that they're legit, that they're fee-only, that they're they they truly have a, a longstanding history of of you know fiduciary duty, like working on the best behalf of their uh, clients. You know, I personally don't think that people our age who don't really have that much you know net assets necessarily need one um, per se. I think you can get by fine at this uh, size. Now, some people disagree with me. On that and that's totally fine but i think that the real value that a financial advisor a legitimate like financial or a cfp or something like that um brings to you is, is is more so the high level stuff when you've got a good amount of money in the bank you've got a family you know estate planning and long-term um planning and things like that they, they do bring a lot of uh value in that sense um but i really think it's a matter of 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 preference they they definitely um are are great but you know, it just, it depends on the person. And personally, I think if I were to, I, I don't think I see, see myself getting one anytime soon. Um, but if I were to, I don't know, if I were, you know, get into a, a really high net worth place, um, they that's when they can really help you steer that ship uh, and, uh, you know, plan for your life accordingly. So it, it just depends on the person for sure.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so I won't drop names, but I was actually talking with one the other day, um, and I'm referring to a post that you made on Instagram for this conversation because he was telling me that the stock markets, obviously, it seems like it's at an all-time high right now. And he was hinting that I should probably wait until it drops a bit to buy in. But I, I think you made a post. You're like, no. So do not do not wait for it to drop. There's no timing. Just get in now and stay in. So, yeah. So what do you have to say about that? Because yeah, you're like, he's like, wait for it to drop a bit but is that a bad idea?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's ever a good idea to to time the market. I think um, you know, you can have you can have you can have predictions, but you shouldn't be trying to the, timing the market's a losing game. And it's it's tried and true through literature, through um, research after research after after study after study that like trying to time the market is is a fool's game. R- really. For a retail investor who's just trying to grow wealth over the long term, you're, you're not going to time the market correctly. It's it's impossible. And, the, you know, even if you were to, there's there something that's, even if you were to time the bottoms, the person who's invested for a, over that span of time versus you uh, picking and choosing the, the very bottoms, like the like 08, you know, the dot-com crash and investing then, the person who was in the market from start to finish beats you. And the reason they beat you is because they've been in the market longer and they have... Um, compound interest on their side. And so that that's one of those pieces where I'm like, yeah, like even if you're perfect, even if you perfectly time it, you still lose because you just don't have time on your side when you're constantly in and out of the market. And that's a very ideal scenario (laughs) where you're perfectly timing it, which will never happen. So I think that just goes to show like, get in, stay in, like I always say, and, and grow it over. Now, if you if you if you see that the market drops, let's say you, you're consistently investing every single month and you see the market pull back 30% and you want to put in even more, then do that. Like that's great. Like just buy up. It's it's on sale, right? But the moment you start pulling or changing your investing strategy based off your intuition of what it's going to do, which no one knows, it could like you know, you're just you're gonna lose, right? You're gonna lose every time. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I think that's good advice right there. <laughs> that's yeah. Makes a lot of sense, and like the more podcasts I listen to, like I you say that so much. You're like, just get in, baby, get in. So yeah,
1: I just gotta it. do that. That's All I say, yeah, <laughs> that's all I say.
0: <laughs> um. So the financial advice that like you give to people, it's based on your own research, right? And like, how much research do you do for your podcast? Like, how many hours would you say per week you put into that?
1: Yeah, I I try not to necessarily give advice I try to give suggestions I like to think of because when you talk about financial advice you get into a sort of weird realm in, in the financial space so I don't want to necessarily say that I'm giving advice um, but I would say that I suggest and I like to touch on sort of sort of financial um, literacy topics to educate people and, and say hey this is my opinion on it you can choose to do whatever you'd like and yes I, I back up by research and, and what I do everything I talk about. Um, if I think it's a good idea, I'm doing it, you know, I'm not saying, Hey, it's a good idea to dollar cost average in the market. And I'm like, just timing the market like crazy, you know, or I'm saying, Hey, you should be spending less than, you know, I don't know, 5% on your credit score. And I'm maxing my credit card. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just telling you what's worked for me, what I've found, um, you know, evidence I have for that and, and what, uh what uh, research I've brought forward with as well. And and so that's, that's all I try to do is curate all that information, give you my take on it. Uh, and then again, I, I try to let you guys, uh, you know, do with what you will.
0: Right. Love it. Would you say you primarily invest for the short-term or long-term gains?
1: Yeah. Long-term, purely long-term. I think it's a, it's a really hard game to play. It's it gets more gambly when you, when you start doing it in the short-term, of course, there's great short-term traders that, um, Are doing it with you know great short-term value investors who are doing it with reason and research and you know all that kind of great stuff I just think it's really tough to be good at that and it's very tough to sustain that and so for the long term I just you know very boring very passive with index funds exchange traded funds uh, and uh, basically you know companies you know a ton of companies all in one uh, that's that's passively managed is, is primarily what I buy, and you know I might buy the the odd stock here and there as well, just a small portion of of my investment uh, allocation. But uh, you know other than that, it's just click and buy, click and buy every month. So that's pretty much it.
0: Right, right. This might be dumb, but um, mutual- no, it's not
1: dumb. Whatever you're gonna say, it's not dumb. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> uh, mutual funds versus index funds. What's the difference? Is there a difference? Can you explain?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Index funds are mutual funds, but they're a different type of mutual funds. So when we think of mutual funds, we typically think of actively mutual uh, mutual funds. And so there's there's, there's different ways of managing a uh, you know pool of assets, right? So a mutual fund, all it is, is a bunch of people put them um, put money all in this one pool. So if you can imagine like a swimming pool, and imagine like I don't know, like let's say for the example, a hundred people are just throwing their money in this pool, right? And that, that's the mutual fund, right? Now you can either actively manage that, basically taking that money that's in that pool and, and and picking stocks, right? Basically being a stock picker and saying, Hey, this is, this, this company's great. This company's great. That company's great. Based on a few, you know, guiding principles, but you're basically picking stocks. And because you, you that person's actively managing that pool of money that everybody's throwing their money into, it's going to cost you a lot more. Right. And so it's typically in candidates between one and 2% that they charge, which is really high. The difference is with an index fund, same sort of deal. They're throwing all their money in there. It's just a pool of money, but now they're investing, looking at an index. And all an index is, is basically just um, an indice of of companies. So basically like just a list of companies with set allocations. So let's say, you know, this guy's picking, the active manager's just picking, 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 whatever making his picks. And then the index fund manager is just basically looking at a spreadsheet being like, okay, five shares, five shares of Apple click, you know, four shares of Microsoft click three shares of Pepsi click. Like it's just automatic because all they're doing is tracking that index. And because they're just passively managing it, meaning they're just following the formula uh, it's, it's a heck of a lot cheaper. And so what's been really interesting about all of that is that over the long term the passive approach has outperformed the active approach imagine that the the cheaper strategy is outperforming the expensive strategy and so that's why i'm a big fan of of passive management because it's cheap it it does really well it got it you know it outperforms uh typically speaking the the active management as well over the long term especially and um and it's and it's great so you know, I, I think that's why, you know, there's a, there's misconception between mutual and index funds, but really, uh, an index fund is a mutual fund. It's just, it's just managed differently.
0: Okay. So you were kind of saying that you, you prefer index funds to mutual funds then?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Index funds. And in Canada, um, the best way to access them are through exchange traded funds. So the, the only index funds, exchange traded funds, like all these terms, right. Like what does that all mean? Right. So <laughs> index fund is is what I just explained. An exchange traded fund is just a a traded version of that on like the stock exchange, so TSX or like the New York Stock Exchange or whatever, wherever you buy stocks, now you can buy index funds that are traded on a stock exchange, and that's that's all an ETF is, an exchange traded fund. It's the same thing as an index fund.
0: Wow. Okay, I need to listen to some more episodes of your podcast.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I, I mean- did an episode on investing recently. I talk I talk about all that stuff too. So.
0: I'm literally, I'm going to go drive after this for two hours and I'm going to pop it on.
1: <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I'm really happy to hear that.
0: Um, I wanted to ask if you think you'll ever go back to school. Has that ever crossed your mind?
1: No, I, I don't think I will. No. I think I might take like courses, like, you know, those, those, like, I don't know, those Harvard online courses or like those, you know, Stanford or McGill or, you know, I might take a few courses but I don't think I'll ever like go and get my like master's in anything. Like I'm, I'm almost sure I'm not going to do that. Not because there's anything wrong with that. I just, I just really don't see myself doing that.
0: Right. Yeah. It's good to know like that part. I know like it's hard to figure out what exactly your life's going to look like, but I think I agree with you. Like I might be done with school, but it's also cool if I realize in a couple of years, like I actually do want to go back, but I'm like right now I'm on the same page. I'm just like, I'm good where I'm at.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, I think, um, and sorry, sorry, not to cut you off or anything, but oh. um, you know, I, I, I think you can be done with school, but you should never be done with education. You should never be done with learning, right? You're always learning and always trying to grow. And, and so if you, you know, are reaching a place where you're learning, 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 like being open to the thought of like, Hey, can I maximize that through this new program that they're offering at Western or at U of T or at, I don't know, like New York State University or wherever the heck it is. Right. So um, always be willing to learn. And I think, you know, I could change my mind on a dime. I'd be like, ah, you know what? I might go back and get my whatever and whatever. Right. So I think I think constantly learning, being a lifelong learner is is so crucial to that. And I think the moment you stop learning is is the moment you're done for. Right. So
0: Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask, might be my last question uh, your top three pieces of advice for, for people who want to start a podcast.
1: So number one, uh, start, believe it or not. That's, uh, that's the hardest step. (laughs) So just, just start, um, my first podcast I on the daily consider it just taking it down because it's so bad. Right. So you got to accept that the first few are not going to be amazing, right? You, 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 it's just going to be tough. You're going to have to grow. And, and I feel like I've, you know, improved a lot every episode with, with, different sort of things and the audio and the structure and, you know, always trying to improve it. So starting, um, you, you know, not being a perfectionist and just getting going and, and learning as you go. I think that's the number one thing. I almost don't even want to say anything else. Just do that and you'll figure everything out. But number two is you got to promote it, right? You, you have to, like I said earlier, you got to get on social media. In my opinion, you have to get on social media. If you're, you know, like, you just got to get on there. You have to get on some sort of platform, where you can uh, grow. If you want to start a blog for yourself and uh, start writing, creating content, I think creating content and, and, you know, being value first and giving, giving, giving is uh, is is the biggest thing to, uh, to, to growing any sort of following online. So you got to start, you got to promote it. And then I would say, again, you just got to work at it. Like you have to um, you know, try to make it better every single episode, try to get uh, you know, bigger and better guests, not that the guests that you have are, aren't great, but you gotta always be wanting to bring on, you know uh, you know, really interesting people and really diverse people and people who will bring a ton of value to your audience and always trying to get, um, you know, as, as good of a good of information as you can from other people that come on your show. And you should also, you know, try to inform yourself as much as you can. I think I, one thing that I try to never do is take my knowledge for granted in terms of well, I can just you know hop on a podcast and just riff about um, any topic and lecture about it and whatever. Like I I almost never do that. I think there's only like one or two times where I've kind of just basically like brushed through the info, be like, okay, I feel pretty good and go on and, and share my thoughts. Most of the time I'm like double checking my info, making sure that what I'm saying is sound and I have evidence and that it's legitimate because the last thing you want to do is is, is misinform people when you're trying to educate them, right? So I think- um, being really working at your craft once you get going. And once you start to, um, you know, start to promote it, you really, really not getting, not letting apathy set in and really working at it is, is gonna, you're, and you just got to stick with it and, and you're going to be in good shape.
0: Totally. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Do you think like a theme, like a common theme or goal is important when you, when you have a podcast?
1: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have some sort of end goal in mind. Like I try to keep that in mind. Like I try to think, you know, what am I trying to deliver at the end of the day, which with, with each episode, am I trying to like, um, in, in, in entertain them? Am I trying to educate them? Am I trying to like, I at the end of the day, really, what I want to do is, is, is educate in a way that's entertaining. And so edu- <laughs> like a dad joke, it's like edutain or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I can, if I can do that, then that's, that's the end goal. And and really, mostly about personal finance, but sometimes it's about business. And sometimes I, I, I you know, Loosen it up a bit and talk about anything, right? Like I, I, t- I, t- I had a, what was it? I, do you know who uh, Snarky Marky is on uh, TikTok?
0: No, I actually don't have TikTok.
1: <laughs> oh, you don't? Okay, okay. Then he he's just a he's just a creator on there, and so he's not really like in the personal finance scene all that much. Um, but I thought he was just a super interesting person to chat with, and I think you know, I think I think my audience would like like to hear from him, and I think there's there's definitely financial insights that they got from him based on our conversation but I think you know loosening those those boundaries right like if I if I just brought in financial advisors every single episode like you know how interesting is that right you can only you can only talk about so much but when you bring in a diverse array of people but you have sort of like you said that common theme that 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 makes your show more dynamic in my opinion
0: yeah for sure Okay, this was cool. This is awesome. I'm so happy that, you know, we made the time for this. So thanks for coming on to my podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Keep doing your thing. Honestly, it it was really awesome to be here. Thank you so much.